This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quick Mart Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. Want to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Bring in the new year with Rubik's Groove, your outside-of-the-box, totally 80s, 90s, and aughts dance party band. Go to themulehouse.com for more information and tickets. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Oh my gosh, man, I'm nervous today. I'm a, I'm a nervous Nelly over here. Because I've got Dr. Sean Sinclair. Brian Hartman's been dismissed. He's on assignment today. And uh, I got my boys in here doing the heavy lifting for me, for us today. We're going to talk about it and get as many people in here as humanly possible. But um, Ryan Callahan going to join us here in a few minutes of the 247 network. Dr. Sean Sinclair, great Wednesday to you. Watson Brown's going to join us Friday. It's part of our Christmas celebration. Tomorrow we're going to do Festivus, uh, our Festivus celebration where we air our grievances with each other. And uh, But today, X is in studio. Sean Sinclair is with us. We're going to take phone calls and we're going to celebrate. I remember, Axie, back in the day we'd be sitting at uh, Smoky Mountain Brewery out at Turkey Creek. And there would be a room of about 400 people. This is the way they want it in college football now. People would come from miles around. This is the way they want it, Axie. Yeah, it's just taking all the fun out of it for, you know. Yep. Guys like Sean and I who just, you know, love this stuff and live and breathe it. Yep. Maybe not as much as five years ago, but it is. Uh, it's, set, it, their, set their clock by it, right? Yeah, it's really different now. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Cinco, news of the day is that Tennessee hauls in. Uh, and and good, morning, uh, good, good day to you, Sean, first of all. Good day. Hope you're well. Yeah, good day to you and X. Uh, saw X a few weeks ago, and it's always good to see him. And uh, uh, I understand that. Well, never mind. I'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, it's this is always a highlight of my uh, year. Well, yes, and the thing that's really interesting is Tennessee gets that defensive back from Oregon State, and they continue to fill their needs. And he's an okay player, right, XX? What's your what's your um, your observations? And then I want to go through this signing class piece by piece here. But your observations on this young man, Jermond McCoy, who's another one of these guys that Tennessee is going to that's a multiple-year player. That is obviously their approach here. Your thoughts on him? Well, he's, he had a really good freshman year. Um, I look at him. He look real. I tell you what, he really looks no different to me. Uh, just from a skill set perspective, as three guys we signed in the last class. So, okay, it fits our it fits the profile. His 
athleticism, length, you know, twitch, all that, uh, hip flexion, whatever you want to call it. It, it fits their profile. I just don't know. We would had we. I would think we would have at least a couple of cornerbacks that would look just like this kid if we'd only played our younger guys uh, and got them some experience during the season, which mm-hmm. we neglected to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, he he's got a year of experience under his belt. That's really big, uh, and he's played. Uh, he's competed against. Uh, you know, offenses that throw the ball around, which will benefit him well here. Um, I've just watched a little bit of his film, but it, he's a pretty impressive guy. And his, I mean, in high school, he was a, I mean, he played both sides of the ball, was really good receiver. He caught, I think his senior year, he caught something like 60 passes, uh, very good on both sides of the ball. He was a, I think his state, finalist as a high jumper mm-hmm. uh, baseball player so uh, again the kids that we signed uh last year uh have similar you know s- similar athleticism track guys mm-hmm. dual sport athletes so on and so forth so yeah i'm pleased i'm pleased and i think over time um as this portal thing goes on we'll we'll come to find out that he is uh He's one of our better pickups. Came down to Tennessee and Texas A&M for him. Other schools that were on him include Florida, Oklahoma. Uh, hit homestanding Oregon and also Southern Cal. Sean, your thoughts on Jermon McCoy, who is really kind of the, uh, the the news item of the day thus far? Well, I, sp- I think he speaks to a bigger issue on, the, uh, on, on our program going forward. I agree with X completely. This guy was not ranked as highly as the three guys, Conyer, uh, Matthews, and um, uh, Ricky Gibson. Uh, not even close to those guys. But what he has is the business card for every player is your film. And he has film. And so he's, they, they can see that he's, he's played that. Well, the, my issue with the program now and going forward is, you now have, you've taken a guy, which is good. Now you have four of them. That's great. You have four prototype cornerbacks. Yep. That's fantastic. And they're all young. That's great. However, you see the value now in putting a guy on the field instead of this factory that we seem to have of putting very talented guys on special teams, et cetera, while, while older guys out there just get waylaid. And uh, it's it's I I'm not sure I understand that because you're seeing that same thing with the offensive line. You have a you spoke you spoke earlier about uh, or yesterday about the uh, the head coach when he's in offensive coordinator mode he gets in the way of being head coach yes. and I think we have a lot of that. So um, uh, I'm glad we picked them up. I'm glad we picked the safety up. I like the way they're going the youth movement. There's a lot of things, but. At one time, you have to be like Rodney Garner and be committed to your your system of playing kids, getting them in, because either you're going to waste them, you're going to lose them, or you're going to overpay for somebody that you already have on the roster that's similar. Speaking of overpay, the word leaked out yesterday. He went on social media talking about the Seton kid, five-star offensive lineman 
who pretty much shocked the entire world when it looked like he was down to Tennessee and a couple other schools, and then he pulled Colorado out of the bunch. And then he gave a cryptic uh, message last night that he's wavering. And X, do you think that uh, is Tennessee back in the picture with him, or what do you think's going on with Seton? And, and if you were Tennessee, would you be in this picture right now? Something for you and Sean. He's a great talent. If he called Tennessee and wanted to come, I I believe they would probably take him. I think that they would they wouldn't give him any more money, whatever their offer was previously. I think that would would stand. Um, but there's so much, you know. With Nico, there was a lot of uh, concern about all the uh, the uh, the group that came with him being a distraction but it what we never it hasn't materialized this kid seems to have a similar group with him uh this one has every earmark of being a big locker room issue problem around the program and all that i mean he's still adding schools talking about schools now um uh, What's the latest turn there? What's the latest speculation? Did you say Maryland earlier? You were done uh, in the pre-production? Yeah, I heard Maryland. Was Which would make picture. sense because it's close to home. Close to his home. Uh, I think Oregon is still kind of a constant. If I if I was – and you know what? He may not even sign. He may eat, wait till. Why would he sign? He loves the attention. And Why would you take the air money. out of the balloon if you were him? Yeah, uh, Somebody like Oregon or yeah. know, somebody will – will increase the you know whatever the nil offer is for him so it may behoove him if that's his if that's his objective to get as much money as his, he can he may hey, wait till february I gotta, to sign i gotta ask sean, sean so kids like this we've seen it right why wouldn't he wait would be my question and because it would be right in pattern with him and let's say he did wait and you were Tennessee, would you try to get back in that thing with him, Sean? Where are you when you think about this Seton kid and, and just watching this play out? Well, a couple of things. One, um, you, excuse me, you're going to have to, it's my computer, you're going to have to, you're going to have to decide uh, what your program's all about. Um, uh, and, you know, I've heard a lot about culture, et cetera. Sometimes you got to stick your neck out a little bit. A kid like Seton is going to be in the NFL, period. I mean, he's no different than Laramie Tunzel. He's no different than a lot of other these offensive left tackles, right tackles, whatever. There are very few humans on this planet that are that size, that bend that well, that have that coordination, that are that fast, and can take that kind of punishment. They just they don't make them. And so he will be in the NFL, or he will be given a chance because all the other goofballs – that are that size, they get that chance. And he will likely be an NFL player. So you really have to decide where do you want to – do you have the kind of culture that's going to do that? Um, and then you got to decide how much you want to risk in this because this is exactly what Walter Nolan went through. And, you know, you take a look at this year, Walter Nolan's – I think uh, Brent Hub said in a chat last night that – the, the number for him is 750, 750,000 for one year. Why? Well, guess what? He wasn't even as productive last year as Orman, uh, Norman Lott for Tennessee. And 
he states that absolute nonsensical uh, uh, have to get carted off the field because he didn't want to lose. Um, so you're going to have to deal with that. So um, it's it, you. You just have to know how to manage people. Nick Saban's great. Calipari's great at this. He can manage those big egos. Kippy Brown could do it, uh, but not many can. Uh, if you could get him on your team for your price, you do it because he is a plug and play offensive tackle, just like Francis Mayaga or whatever at Miami last yep, year. Yep. And then he'll be an All American and he'll be an NFL. But you know what is he? What is your budget? Uh, and we'll talk later about the whole. You used to be able to say that how I don't know how you rate classes anymore because it used to be you have 25 scholarships. Let's see what you can do with 25 scholarships. And then you could compare apples to apples. Right now, you can't do that. In my, you, you have no idea uh, if someone's, you know, getting grossly outbid for a, a player that, you know, that you don't you don't think is worth that much. So I really don't know how you evaluate signing classes anymore which ryan callahan's going to join us here on the other side of this great 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 place to pick it up we come back and then we'll get some calls in so those of you that are on hold please stay right there i, I want to uh honor your time as well because this is after all the geophysical year of the caller leading into what will be the geophysical year of the caller we continue on the other side it's a signing day spectacular uh, presented, and I want to thank uh, the great Jennifer Morris and my friends, and she is my friend, uh, over at uh, nextmovesmokymountains.com. Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams, thank you for uh, helping to present today's activity as we continue with more after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. 
This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Greetings, it's Rick from Tillis Jewelry. With Christmas just around the corner, we are here to make your gift giving a breeze. Starting December 4th, we are extending our store hours to better serve you. Find us open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Whether you're after something timeless or trendy, Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia is your holiday gift giving headquarters. Make this season extra special by visiting us during our extended hours. Tillis Jewelry, where holiday magic happens. See you soon. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Pillar Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. TB back with you. A little bit of um, little bit of dead air for the, I don't know, probably because I'm talking to Ryan Callahan while I should be paying attention to what I'm doing in here. But um, Ryan Callahan now joining us on the program, and, you know, we're just so glad to have him, and we have him on throughout the year, and he's always wonderful because – 
he keeps up with it and granular, granularly day-to-day. Uh, those of you that subscribe know what I'm talking about, but from his perch over where he is the recruiting editor at GoVols247, I mean, this guy stays knee-deep in it. And I would imagine when he first started, it was a... Uh, it was kind of a semi-seasonal thing. It's a year-round deal now between the portal, uh, between um, the early period, between the two portal periods now in the spring, and the fact that it just kind of the fun never ends. Ryan Callahan, I welcome you in. Happy National Early Signing Period Day, whatever we're supposed to call this. <laughs> uh, but they've, they've sure know how to take the starch out of something, and they've done it. But um, welcome in, and first of all, before we do anything else, I appreciate you joining us. I know you're busy. I know you've got a lot of appointments today. The coach is going to speak in a couple of hours, and we'll certainly be on till then. But let's start here, because it's always it's always been sort of amazing to me, and Sean and, and uh, X and myself down through the years have always laughed about, fans in any fan base always make it about who you don't get and not who you get. Ultimately, this thing is about, though, filling your needs and who you got. So let's do a big picture view of the class. Let's start there, Ryan. Your thoughts on the haul that Tennessee has thus far? Yeah, I I mean, obviously they're 13th right now. I think in the 24-7 sports composite team rankings, I don't think that's changed. That sometimes changes by the minute, by the the half hour on signing day. But uh, but I think that's the last time they were when I looked. Uh, after the addition of Cole Harrison, the tight end from California last night. I think a lot of people, like you said, they, they, they tend to focus on what you didn't get. And I think the perception, the feeling is fancy, that number 13 ranking, and they see that Tennessee had some big misses down the stretch the last three to four months. That had a few noteworthy ones, that, you know, Jordan Seaton, Cam Michael going to Colorado, even Chris Cole back earlier in the season picking Georgia over Tennessee, some some highly ranked guys that could have changed the perception of this class getting away down the stretch, uh, you know, it made it a little bit tougher to swallow that that nine top ten ranking, um, and it makes I think makes it feel to some people like they didn't have a great year coming off an eleven win season last year. But I think when you look at recruiting classes these days, and you and I were talking about this off the air, yeah. how you kind of you kind of have to change your view of how you look at recruiting classes these days. And we've done that already, but we have transfer rankings now on 24-7 sports, and then we have a combined overall ranking that kind of give you at least an idea of what just sort of overall talent schools are bringing in uh, when you take, into trans, uh, take the transfers into account because you do have to do that these days. But even beyond that, I think the, the, the recruiting rankings, you have to look through a slightly different lens. We, we've always counted every player in a class, so even if you're adding – a low three-star at the bottom of your class who's the 28th player in the class, that player is not going to bump your team score much, but he still counts a little bit. And, and I think that's important to note. But these days, I think, you know, if you only have a 21-man class like Tennessee currently has, that's not going to give you a great chance of having a top-10 class, first of all. They would have had a better chance if they finished with 25 guys or whatever. But I think because the quality of Tennessee's 21 players is pretty good overall, and in the transfer portal era, it's not a big deal that you came up a few players short. You can easily make up for that in the transfer portal. I think when you look at what they have gotten, to your point, it's pretty good. A couple five stars, 
couple other top 100 players, several other top 247 players in our rankings, uh, a, a bunch of four stars. I think it's 11, four, and five stars all together, or 13. It, it's a good number. Um, so it's a it's a it's a quality class, top to bottom. And even even a lot of the three star guys in this class, I like a good bit. So I think when you look at it as a whole, it's it's good, and it's a class that keeps Tennessee most importantly on the trajectory they've been on the past year or two, even though. They didn't finish, obviously, the past few months the way a lot of fans would like. Let's bring uh, Sean Sinclair in, and then X has a thought or two for uh, Ryan Callahan, who joins us from GoVols247.com, who are on this moment-by-moment. Sean Sinclair, jump in. Hello. Welcome on. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. I I agree with you. I think... um, I think... The coaching staff uh, missed a great opportunity to capitalize on the special season last year. Uh, I think uh, X has said 100 days since we had a high school commit. I'm not here to trash it, but I, I do think there's some in this in this age of getting to a 12 team playoff. There's some certain trends that are starting up with with a uh, uh, Heupel and his staff that have to be addressed or. We're going to. He's just going to be another a guy that that uh, can call a good play every now and then. Again, not cracking, but uh, that's what I'm seeing. I'm not seeing the closing of the difference makers, right? I'm, Matthew certainly is a, is a great player, etc. Uh, on the other side, in this day in college football, if you don't have a quarterback, you forget it. Yeah, that that sets your ceiling right there. And I think we saw that uh, at UT this year. So you have Nico, you bring in, um, you get in Merk, uh, Merklinger, I think is his name. And, uh, and I think is, that's about as good as you're going to get in the high school ranks when you have a superstar in front of him. And then you have George McIntyre possibly going to pop in January, which is another five star that Tennessee's all in the mix with. Talk about the importance of always getting your quarterback and then let everything else kind of fall out from there. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I think it's really important to Tennessee, especially because, you know, everyone always wants to look at every, you know, recruiting as a whole through the lens of you've got to catch Georgia and Alabama. And I tell people all the time, that's obviously the goal. You have to try to do that, but it's going to be really hard for anyone to chase down Georgia talent wise across the board right now with the way they're recruiting. Uh, they're, they're doing what Alabama was doing five years ago. It's, it's, uh, it's obviously the gold standard right now in terms of just compiling talent. So you're probably not going to catch them that easily. But to your point, quarterback gives you a chance to make up for that. Quarterback is the position that obviously uh, controls so much and, and can elevate a team, as we saw last year with Hendon Hooker. Uh, I think now what we saw this season showed us a special offense and a special quarterback especially, and, and obviously a special wide receiver core with Jalen Hyatt and and Cedric Tillman elevated a team that roster-wise wasn't ready to go 11-2 and probably on paper. So that shows you that's the mold, I think, for what Tennessee can do uh, with Nico. And I think they are elevating the talent around him gradually. I don't think it's as fast as a lot of people would like it to be. But I think as they gradually work those young guys in, we didn't get to see much of them this year, but as Caleb Herring, Arion Carter, Ricky Gibson, some of those young guys start to come on more, I think you will see the talent level continue to be elevated. And I think we're seeing that with what Tennessee's adding in the transfer portal. Guys like Jermod McCoy, the corner from Oregon State, adding guys like that, that's going to help upgrade this roster. 
And they've got to get some of those guys out of the roster, too, frankly, that were hanging around from the Jeremy Pruitt era and stuff. Nothing wrong with those guys. They play a lot of football at Tennessee, but you just need to keep keep making the talent better across the board. So I think th- I think as they continue to close the gap, it won't be just down to the quarterback, but that is a way for Tennessee to make up for not having the best talent in the country. It's going to continue to get better, I think, if they keep recruiting the way they are. But you need Nico to sort of elevate this team the next couple of years. That's still their easiest path to competing for championships, and it's it's frankly going to be the biggest determining factor, I think, in deciding whether whether some of the shortcomings or misses in recruiting hurt Tennessee or not. Because you do you've you've had some costly misses, but if Nico is what we think he could be, it, it might not matter. Tennessee might be really good in spite of any shortcomings they have elsewhere. Jump in here, X, with Ryan Callahan, who joins today of uh, GoVols247.com. I'd encourage you to check them out. I'm going to let him tell you about what they're doing so you can check out their site on signing day. Go ahead, Axie. Hey, Ryan. uh, Good morning. Um, In this day of the transfer portal, why do you take a junior college prospect who's not elite, um, probably hadn't had the same level of experience a comparable player uh, out of the portal, has had can can you talk about that for a second is i'm talking about the the wallace kid tennessee signed it's just really interesting to me that you could probably find a similarly skilled kid in the portal who's been in a strength and conditioning program has got some uh, uh snaps under his belt against uh pretty good competition that that one to me is the one in this class that has left me scratching my head a little bit. But, hey, well, hey, first of all, you made the case for why junior college players, I think, have an even tougher path to, to the SEC and even Power Five conferences these days because it is so easy for schools to just say, well, we know what we're getting more if we go to the portal and get a guy who's experienced at the Division One level or whatever. Um, so it, it is really easy to look past junior college guys or, or not spend as much time on junior college recruiting than it was five or ten years ago. When that was always, you know, it seemed like Tennessee would always go for a junior college defensive lineman. Uh, this, you know, the, during the fall, especially if they were still needing someone at that position. So it's not the same as it was. And those guys have a have a tougher path. They really have to prove they're good enough to to, to justify the trouble. Because in addition to your point, sometimes those guys have red flags like academics and things like that that make it tough to get into school or for them to graduate or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I I understand the concern there, especially when people look at the offer list and they see Tennessee's beating out Utah State, Houston, schools like that for a guy like Jamal Wallace. I would encourage people to look at the film. I think he's actually a pretty interesting player. Not saying he's going to be a star at Tennessee. I don't know how he's going to end up. And I think, the, again, to your point, I think the variety of or the wide range of outcomes for Jamal Wallace is pretty enormous because he, he could be really good, I think, or he could be a complete bust and it could be anything in between. I think there's no telling right now, but I, I like his background that he's a former wide receiver in DB in high school with 190 pounds a few years ago. And he's got the athleticism that kind of shows that he's 302 pounds right now played, played between 275 and 285 this fall. And he's rushing off the edge as a stand up outside linebacker, basically. And he and he played in space a little bit and he moves really well for a guy that big. So I think when you take someone with that kind of body and athleticism, Put him inside as a defensive tackle, maybe a strong side end. He's really interesting. So I, I, I'm not going to rule out that he might exceed expectations. And I, I think you do have to give Rodney Garner at least a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he does have a track record, if you go back and look, 
of finding some guys like that during his time at Auburn, especially, and finding some hidden gems. So I wouldn't rule that out, especially um, with just given Garner's track record. But um, if you're going to go for a junior college guy anywhere, I'd, I'd lean toward the defensive line. Other positions, I'm with you. I'd probably go to the portal because it's not worth it. But D-line's one position you can always go junior college and kind of find some guys. And Tennessee looked at Jamal Wallace for a few months and obviously liked him enough to, to push for him. But one other thought on that, I mean, it's, it's fair that, that it's a, he's a fallback plan for Tennessee. I mean, there's no way around that because that goes back to the summer. You miss on guys like Cameron Fountain. You miss on uh, Amaris Williams, who never took an official visit to Tennessee before committing to Florida. You don't get williams Winery or Kamarion Franklin. So that's the other side of this is Tennessee invested a lot of resources in some big-time recruiting battles this summer that they lost, and that's what led to taking a guy like that. But you, you obviously have to feel confident in getting a guy like that, and, and they see something to work with. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. But I, I wouldn't say he's he's just a, a, a consolation prize that's not going to give you much. I think he could help them a, a good bit in the future. Down the list of junior college kids, too. Didn't Tennessee look at three or four defensive they, they You hate at, this guy, Axie. Axie, hey, I mean, you're <laughs> launching on him. They, they this is like full three, contact in here. Go, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. So, so, oh, no, sorry. So they, they offered three on the same day in September, and, and I thought from the start Wallace looked like the most likely to end up at Tennessee. Brian Taylor from Texas was, was one of them. A uh, lot of competition for him from the start. He ended up deciding between probably Florida and Georgia in the end. Uh, went to Florida, so uh, that that was always going to be a tough pull. The other one was Kamari Copeland. He ends up at Virginia Tech after taking an official visit to Tennessee last month. That, that's the one I think Tennessee. You bring those guys in on official visits partly because you need to measure them, see what they look like in person. They go out and view these guys in, in person, but it's it's one assistant coach, not the whole staff. You don't get to weigh them and things like that. So when you get them here, you get to take a little little bit deeper dive into what you're getting. And sometimes those official visits will convince you to back off a guy. Or, or decide you don't want them. I don't think they pushed quite as hard for Kamari Copeland down the stretch as they did for Jamal Wallace. So uh, he was he was at least one of the guys they wanted most out of the junior college defensive line when they looked at it was it was kind of him and Brian Taylor I think at the top. So um, so yeah, not again not a plan A guy if you're going back to the summer. But but as far as fallback plans go, I, I don't I don't think it, it's as bad as people are thinking based on the offer list. I think there's some upside there that. You know, I, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a star again, but I think you're at least looking at him as probably an Owen Williams type, a guy who can be a rotational defensive tackle for you, and maybe a bit more than that. I wouldn't be shocked if he develops into a starter in the future. Just might, to your point, take him some time to develop because he is a little raw. He's only been on the defensive line for a couple of years. He probably is a good fit for this team because they've got a lot of veterans. He can come in, develop for a year, and be ready to step in and play a bigger role next year. I think one thing I would have you guys consider on this deal is not the fact whether it's this guy or that guy is no matter who you bring in, even if it's Walter Nolan, he's not going to dominate snaps over uh, Omari Thomas, uh, Simmons, Norton Lott. I mean, you've got you've got time with these guys. You trust these guys, et cetera. Uh, But all those guys are gone next year. And so whether it's this guy from junior college or that guy, you need bodies next year. Because it's hard to think that Nathan Robinson, Trevor Duncan, some of these, Tyree West, uh, Weathersby, et cetera, are going to be able to tote the mail for you uh, for a whole game. So they've got to get four or five guys in here that are six four three hundred pounds just so they can field a defensive line here in the next year or so. 
Yeah, that that was a big part of why they had to have somebody else in this class. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that they, they could have always looked to the transfer portal for for somebody to you know kind of bring along this year, play a, play a rotational role this year, maybe, and be ready to go next year when all those guys are gone. But yeah, that's that's a big need. I, I would imagine next year after the twenty twenty four season, you'll probably see Tennessee looking in the portal for an immediate starter. You know, at one of those positions, or there, at least there's a chance, uh, or at the very least, a two deep guy. You will have David Hobbs, who would be there, you know, two years in, ready to, to be a big time starter or, 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 or heavy rotational guy at the very least. Um, after two years in the program, you know, former top 100 prospects, you would think he's a big part of the future there. But yeah, the, the numbers are not going to be tremendous after next season. So you, you are going to have to rebuild a bit. And that's why I think they did have to have a guy like Jamal Wallace, who at least had two or three years of eligibility left. So you can kind of soften the blow of those guys who will all be leaving after next season. And that, uh, that will also be a big, big need for Tennessee in the 2025 class. Guys like Ethan Utley in state, really important for Tennessee because they, they need some quality bodies to add at that position to kind of uh, find the next generation on the defensive line. Ryan Callahan joining. He's on the TLD Logistics Hotline. It is signing day spectacular, uh, and we're talking about Tennessee's 2024 class and kind of mixing and matching here, a little portal conversation and then conversation about the class. Ryan, I just – I don't know. The last couple of days on there, and I think I'm, I think I speak for a lot of fans, and obviously I do it in a more emotional way than some, and, you know, whatever. I am who I am. I don't try to hide that. I'm a little nutty. That said, when I think about this class, and I think about what Tennessee's doing in the portal, I kind of get it, and I kind of don't. My belief was, and we go, we rewind the clock to the breakout a couple of uh, offensive seasons, Heupel's first year and his second year. And then you bring Nico in, and my belief was that top-flight, top-line wide receivers would flock to be a part of this thing. And I realize the Matthews kid they're adding is a nice player. But so far in the portal, and the kid at Tulane, if they can get him, would be a pretty nice player. But so far, it's kind of underwhelming. First of all, are, are you surprised that they haven't moved to try and add more high-level skill guys around him? Or am I all wet here? No, you're not wrong. They've, uh, now, I think they've upgraded the quality of the, of the skill guys in this class. I think they did a nice job, as you said, Mike Matthews. Braylon Staley, I think a guy a lot of people are sleeping on. He's a top 100 player in 24-7 sports rankings now. Had a great week. At the Shrine Bowl of the Carolinas last week, our, our director of scouting, Andrew Ivins, went down there for one day of practice and named Staley his alpha dog from the day, basically his top performer from the practice, and said he was, you know, essentially unguardable for all the defensive backs who were there. Um, so I think he's a really good player and not, not the biggest receiver, obviously, uh, but he, he is a, he's a really good player that I think could thrive in the slot for Tennessee in the future. So those two guys give you a couple nice pieces to build around. Nathan Leacock's a guy they've got to develop, too. He was highly ranked a year ago, just didn't do anything this year. So we'll see what he develops into in the future. So the three they have signed that were in the past two classes were, were highly ranked, were, were really good players in high school. They just need more bodies at that position. And I wonder if the lack of rotation at that spot is hurting them a little bit. You know, we saw Butch Jones and a lot of previous coaches at Tennessee sign three and four wide receiver classes. I'm shocked Tennessee's not signing more than two wide receivers in this class right now and I think it's partly because they often rely on about four wide receivers in a typical game they just don't rotate very much because of the tempo and that's not something I really projected a couple years ago that this 
that this staff would have a hard time building up numbers at that position, but I think that is something that's maybe holding them back in terms of building depth. So I think the quality is fine, but, yeah, they, ha- they keep having to go to the portal to find guys it's because they're signing classes that are kind of too small for what they need, and it's hard to build up double-digit wide receivers when you do it that way. So that's, that's the bigger thing to me. But I think you know Peyton Lewis at running back, those two guys at receiver, I like them. You just don't have enough wide receivers. And then at tight end, that's where they obviously didn't get the big-time guy in this class. They tried for Jaden Riddell and some others earlier this year, didn't get them, and they had Jonathan Eccles commit at the time, and then he goes uh, to USF at the end. Not a huge loss, I don't think, because there's still some questions about him as a tight end prospect, but that the, the, the big picture there is you take a, a, a sort of developmental guy in, in Cole Harrison, who I like his potential, he's just not there right now, um, but you don't get a big-time tight end in this class. They, they need to get someone like that from the high school ranks in the future to not not have to keep going to the portal for a hold-and-stays type player all the time. You have thought, and then I want, I'll bring Sean in, in on this point, but I would have thought with Nico, his magnetism, he plays with all these guys, the original guys they were involved with, the, the kid that went to Ohio State, the other kid, you know, the kid from the western part of the country and all these household names. And then, I mean, what became of it? It's just, it's kind of strange to me. Is this a budget thing? Or, or like you were talking about, is it a deal where, for instance, the kid at Tulane, somebody's going to tell the kid at Tulane, hey, look, if McCoy comes back next year, how are you getting on the field? They only play three guys. You're going to sit over there and watch all year. Well, there's a, there's a starting spot open for Chris Brazel because they, they've got to replace Ramel Keaton somehow. So I, I think that would be kind of a replace Keaton and, 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 uh, and move on with, with the, the, the other crew around him. Basically, you'd, have, you'd probably have McCoy, Squirrel White, and, and, and Brazel as the starters, or at least that would potentially be the combination. And, and then the door is open if Dante Thornton can show some improvement or anyone else. And then Mike Matthews is obviously a guy I think you've got to work in, at least rotationally this year, to, to get him some playing time as he develops. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's a... It, it's, that's a challenge, but I, I don't think that's why they've, they've had some of those misses like you've been talking about. I think what you mentioned at wide receiver last year, I think they made some of the mistakes at wide receiver in the 23 class with, with Carnell Tate, Tyler Casper, some of the guys they focused on there that they did on the defensive line this year, and that is not casting a wide enough net. Um, so I think that that hasn't been an overall problem at every position every year, but you've seen at some positions they've, they've come up short, and the defensive line this year comes to mind too because they've really zeroed in on a few really elite guys that they thought early in the year they, they could get, at least one of them, and then they've missed on them, and when they pivot, their second-tier options are kind of flying off the board before they can get one. So they've got to, I think, do a better job of, managing the second-tier guys and the top-tier guys, giving themselves plenty of options because you often have to take those second-tier types. And when I say second-tier, those usually aren't bad players. They're usually four-stars, too. When you're recruiting like Tennessee, you just have to be in on those guys who were ranked in the 100 to 200 range or 200 to 300 and leave those guys in play while you're also going for the top 50 and top 100 guys. So that I think they've struggled to juggle that sometimes and give themselves a wide enough net going into the summer, and that's something they've got to – at least assess, I think, coming out of this year to see if they're doing that at every position enough. It's been an isolated thing in each class, kind of which positions they've done that at, but it's been uh, an issue here and there, I think, in some spots. And then the other part of what you're talking about is just, it's just NIL stuff. <laughs> it is. I mean, mm. some, in some cases, Tennessee has been the high bidder and not been, not been winning battles, frankly. That's, that's, sometimes that has happened. Uh, it, it is, it is, I think a lot of fans would not believe how many times the high bidder doesn't win. In, in, in the in the portal in, in high school recruiting 
it's it's not as simple as just being the high bidder. It's got to be the player's got to see the path to the NFL, the path to the starting job, whatever's most important to him. He, he's got to feel like he's getting what he needs out of a school. And I've seen a lot of guys pass up a little bit of money to go to the school they want to, and I've seen some guys pass up a lot of money to go to the school they want to. So it's just everybody's different. You know, some guys it's it's strictly going to be high bidder. Others, other guys, they're looking for the right fit, and at the end of the day, they want to go where they want to go. So it's 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 been something different that's kind of bitten Tennessee with a lot of different guys. So it's not any one thing. It'd be really easy to kind of paint with the broad brush, but there's not there's not been a recurring scene. They've just had a lot of different things go wrong with with a lot of those different guys we talk about. They've missed on Sean back in here. Go ahead. Well, I think I think what Tony's trying to say is that we thought that this was going to be an enhancement of the team. Uh, with NIL, uh, with re- this next recruiting. And if you really look at this, what we're really doing is trying to fortify a team that went 8-4 and four last year and at times didn't look good by giving the same players more money. And I get that because the uh, the other side of not having Mays and all these other guys in the offensive and defensive line is we're staring at the 6-16. Six and 16. So the Stays kid... Uh, the Brazil, if you get them in, we're, the, none of these guys are taking you to another level. They're just trying to keep you in play. And I think that's where a lot of fans' frustration is here. I'm not saying that Ole Miss has the way to do it or you go raid Alabama and Georgia, but right now we're not, we're not looking at adding anything here. All we're doing is looking to make sure that we don't fall off the table because we don't have anything proven at wide receiver. I mean, Brew McCoy's okay, but he's not he's not a lead guy. He may be yeah. an alpha guy, but he's not a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. We don't have a we don't have a proven running back right now. Samson's okay, but he hasn't he, he hasn't shown that he's a twenty carry guy uh, every game. We don't have a we don't have a tight end that's proven anything. And then we got a secondary that's in and linebacking core that's up in the air. So I can understand where fans are getting frustrated because this there's no way this team uh, is significantly better than last year's team, and by my eyes, they're just one year older. But you know, you, but you know, Ryan, the thing you got to hope, and you guys keep saying this, the truth is, the quarterback's got to be like borderline generational and that special, Ryan. And if he is, then all this stuff looks so much better. It, it, it was stark to me how much better um, Hendon Hooker made when he got the hang of that offense how much better he made everybody look around him. And it's really about that quarterback in the modern game, Ryan. It's as crazy as it is. It sounds crazy. I really believe that. What do you think? It, it, you know, it, it's huge. You're right. And, and I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to make it sound though like Tennessee is just hanging its hopes all on Nico because I don't think they're doing that. I, I think they actually have upgraded the roster a good bit. I, I would I would disagree only uh, with with the idea that bringing everybody back is just sort of keeping you afloat in this sense. I think, and I thought this, I felt this going into this this season. Honestly, I think some of the best talent in terms of NFL projectable players is in the freshman and, and the and the redshirt freshman and sophomore classes on Tennessee's roster. So I think a lot of those young guys, we still don't know how good they can be yet. Maybe they won't live up to the hype, but they they haven't had a chance to really show what they can be. So. I'm really interested. I, I think it was a good thing for Tennessee to get some fresh blood in the secondary, to get some of those guys out the door and, and make room for a Ricky Gibson to earn a starting job if he can or a Jordan Matthews or whoever can win a job there. I think Jermod McCoy is a pretty pretty nice pickup. This is a guy that played a lot of football in the Pac-12 as a true freshman 
and, and graded out pretty well, and he's six feet, and he got offers from a bunch of big programs in the transfer portal. So I think that's an upgrade when you look at the guys that they're replacing talent-wise. You know, the Gabe Judy Lallies, the Warren Burrells, you know, they, they don't have a lot of guys at corner running four fours in that group. You're getting a better athlete, I think, in Jermod McCoy. So I think that's an upgrade. So I, I think you're, you're gradually getting there, but we've got to see how the younger classes on this roster kind of step in and play. You know, if Cameron Selden is what Tennessee thinks of him as, I, I think they're replacing Jalen Wright. And I think, I think there's maybe an upside to Selden that people don't realize that he could be, you know, maybe a future NFL guy. So it's going to depend on what they have in some of those younger players we haven't seen more of. Caleb Herring is really talented. Arion Carter, I think, is a better player than he showed this year when he was learning on the job out there as a, as a rotational guy. So they, they've got a lot of talent on this team, David Hobbs. We, they just have to develop and they have to play more. And frankly, I think they fell short of probably playing some of those young guys as much as they should have to get them ready for next year. I think they've got to do a better job of rotating guys in and getting them up to speed and, so and frankly keeping them out of the portal too because you got to keep your own young guys from leaving. Ryan Callahan, tell the living listener how they can interact with you, and I really appreciate you giving us. I know you didn't plan on spending that much time with us knuckleheads here, but uh, share with the living listener how they can find you, and I really appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Always always enjoy coming on. But, the uh, yeah, lots of lots of coverage, obviously, throughout the day. We're continuing to wrap up this uh, signing class for Tennessee, still looking at the transfer portal, still looking at at least one option out there for for February, it looks like five-star defensive lineman uh, Dominic McKinley, the Texas A&M commitment, will not sign today. Wow! And it sounds like he'll take an official visit to Tennessee next month. So there's still some, still at least one name out there for Tennessee in February, maybe, and then we'll see uh, what else happens with the transfer portal. But we got you all covered on that at GoVols247.com. Sign up right now for 60% off uh, an annual subscription. So it's a great time to, to check out the site and get all that coverage and more. Brian, thank you, man. Great talking to you, and keep up the great work. Appreciate it, Tony. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And, Sean, what I love about what you just did is we mix it up here. Like, you know, we're not – and he appreciates that, too. My, my guests always tell me, hey, I love when I come on your come on your forum. I feel like I'm at a barbershop and we can have some debate. What about it, uh, X? Um, Ryan thinks Tennessee has upgraded the roster. Uh, Sean's kind of in the camp I'm in, which is, hey, that's great. You're bringing all these pieces back from an 8-4 and four football team. That was an eight and four football team. Um, it was a bad looking eight and four football team. And it was team. a bad looking eight and four football team. Now, the the truth is the kid you got yesterday really helps. If you can get the guy from Tulane and get a frontline playmaker at wide receiver, hey, I'll go with that. I'll sign up with that. Somebody a caller a couple weeks ago tried to sell me Mike Matthews, you know, coming off the streets and making an impact. When's the last time that's happened here? Axie. They, I mean, they're not going to play those kids. Play the kids. They're just not to justify him being a one. He may be situationally okay, but yeah, um, he's not going to be in their three. I mean, come on, you got to get, you got to get. Uh, it could be Jerry Rice walking in off the streets, and they're not. He's just not going to be. So it would be a travesty to him, in my opinion. Yeah, if they didn't try to get Boo Carter some snaps on offense. Well, you need plays. You need playmakers. Yeah. Um, so let's go back. Do you believe year over year as we sit? Because Ryan was Ryan said some things I, I didn't realize, which is some really good inside baseball, okay? And we sort of pride ourselves on keeping up on the inside baseball here, that they actually lost players in some cases that they offered not only more money to, but lots more money, as he said. I think that's I think that would come as news to fans. What what does that say to you? 
it tells that that relates right back to their ability to recruit and close. I think that the fair question right now is uh, what the question was when he was hired: is is the coach going to be able to recruit well enough to um, for this program to climb out of the climb? Yeah, the yeah. To where they are, into contention, because they have climbed. And he has done a good job. He's done a great job of getting into the spot, a great job. Go ahead, Sean. To speak of that, you've got Jalen Farmer just is going to go to Kentucky. Yeah, he makes no sense. Someone's going to have to explain to me why high-quality, the tight end, I think, is going to stick with Kentucky. There was a defensive lineman from the southeast that stuck with Missouri. Uh, Missouri whipped us. There's no doubt about whipped it. Whipped us, yes. Uh, but I, I can't, I can't see that being a sustained thing. But they're, they're pulling some nice people. So, you know what? Someone's going to have to explain to me why um, this this staff can't stick it out to the end and can't be a deciding factor at the end of the of signing. Uh, because this, it's, yeah, it's not there. Because essentially, what he said about the JUCO defensive lineman, and you, you guys brought up. I mean, look. You come in here. Words going. We're going to talk to you. And and Ryan did a nice job of saying, "Hey, you know, I'm not here to defend anybody, but I'm going to tell you, I think this kid's a player." And I know Ryan down through the years, if he didn't think the kid could play. He would say, "Hey, this kid can't play." I agree with you. That was a. I mean, what are they doing? But basically, what he said is, "Look, they started out in the summer with several guys in the high school ranks, and they went bridesmaid, 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 five or six of them." And then he said they got into the JUCO ranks, and they went. Bridesmaid, 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 and they took this guy. Yeah. And, and and you know what? From that perspective, they had to take somebody. They took somebody they feel like they can make a player out of. Um, instead of going into the portal. Instead I'm, of I going, mean, yeah. We got pantsed. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. We got, yeah. yeah. And then he said last year, which is an interesting thing, because I remember this. At one spot, you're interested in Carnell Tate. You're interested in a couple other guys. But then you went, where are the secondary? But there were no secondary. They thought, and whether, and, and good on them for kind of learning, learning. But then he said it, but with defensive line, they didn't learn this year because they targeted a few guys, went after them, offered them a lot of money. And then when he said, when they got left at the altar, it slipped on them to the point where, cause I was taking notes, boys and girls. I, I listen when people are talking. Um, and, and I was taking notes, and basically what he said is, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but his his sense of this is when they went back for the secondary guys after the five-star, the high fours kicked out on them, those guys were already down the road. So why aren't they casting a wider net? That's, that's just a little extra work. I mean, for, look, Fulmer and his staff, for all the things you want to say about them, those guys threw some wide nets out there. When it came to the recruiting game, Sean, they didn't get involved with one. They got involved with 15 guys, 20 guys. They didn't get involved with two or three. I mean, that's a fair criticism, isn't it? I think it is. It's, um, you know, but um, programs are allowed to evolve. Programs are allowed to learn lessons. uh, And you hope they do. Um, Because, you know, right now, given the schedule, given the climate of – I. Let's assume that Nico's great. Great. I don't think this is a team that's going to be pounding on the door to get in a 12-team playoff. I just don't. There's way too many holes. There's as many holes on this team as there was last year. 
Uh, I don't think Nico would have been the difference between a game or two this year. Uh, certainly not the Florida game because we couldn't stop anybody. Missouri game, same thing. That's the second half and yeah. Alabama game. Joe Milton played as well as any quarterback yep. can play in that first half. So, um, you know, I hope this team, this coaching staff, uh, really makes a commitment uh, to to upgrading their recruiting abilities. You can't, you can't just just like what Ryan said. You can't rely on Spire to do all your heavy lifting. This is still about relationships. Wow. It's still about digging kids out of, you know, diamonds out of the rough. It's still projecting kids. It's still getting kids on campus. And, I mean, there's no reason, and maybe a little bit of a degree, but there's there's no reason Tennessee shouldn't be able to compete with Texas or Florida or Georgia. You may raise your eyebrows, but when I was in school, we hosed those teams in recruiting. And took kids from across. We were the first, besides Notre Dame, we were the first national recruiting program out there. So you can't tell me it can't be done. The the whole Micah Hamilton thing, well, it's just harder to recruit. That's bullcrap. It's been done here before. And pathetic head coaches have recruited top ten classes here. And the the state of Tennessee is only getting more populated with better athletes. X, what's weird weird to me, guys, is... And, and again, the class would be higher if they signed a bunch of hoopty players, as Ryan said. So we acknowledge that. People say, well, it's not a top 10 class. I mean, they could have signed 25 and put the thing in the top 10. If they really took a few more kids like the kid they took last night. Um, but the reality is, is that this kind of isn't what I thought, what you thought, what Sean thought, what most fans thought was going to happen when they got Nico. Adding, getting him first made so much sense because you were going to build out from there. And for whatever reason, to this point, it just hasn't translated. It's interesting, isn't it? Nico's the great unknown. No, I mean, they didn't, sh- they didn't plan. They didn't uh, showcase him. I mean, Tennessee wow, is uh, so strange. one of the top ten programs in the country in terms of views. And, you know, when their games are on TV, and all we saw was, you know, for the most part, Joe Milton until the end of games. Um, so again, you know, it, it goes back to my point. You really need to play him against Iowa. You need to put him out there and just let him play. Don't protect him. Let him throw the ball. I mean, you need to, you need to market him to the 2025, 2026 kids, especially, uh, specialists on offense that this is, you're going to be playing with this well, guy. That's a really good point, too, because the next class comes off the board in May. Yeah, that's how quickly this exactly. stuff's done now. You so you're not going to see exactly. him. Exactly, you can't wait till next season. No. You're going to lose another opportunity. Maybe though, maybe we're whistling past the graveyard. Maybe the Leacock guy's a great player. Let me get a timeout in here, and then I'm going to get some calls in. So I want you to respond to what we've discussed, and then the class, and if you follow recruiting, and then we're going to get kind of granular with 2025, and then Josh Heupel. Uh, is going to speak, and we're going to take that in the middle of our third hour. We'll take him live. It's all going to happen as we continue hour two on our signing day extravaganza. Signing day spectacular, presented in part by our friends at Calhoun, who want to remind you that the holiday feed pack, feeding five or ten, available now through the end of the year. Be a hero when you're hosting. 
and don't lift a finger. Be a hero when you're hosting. Uh, they've got uh, turkey and dressing. It's fresh, it's factual, it's furious, and all the fixings, along with the melt-in-your-mouth prime ribs. As we continue with more, it's all incredible. We come back on the other side after this. This is Coach Trader's Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello. My name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neusen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. It's a memory-making time of year. This is Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt. Many years ago, as a little girl, I remember my mother receiving several packages in the mail. That was odd at our house. It was just a couple of weeks before Christmas. She put them away. I learned later that my dad had won a catalog shopping spree by selling the most cars the previous month. We were five young children and had just moved to Nashville from Illinois. It had been a tough year. About three days before Christmas, my mother started bringing out the toys one at a time. I remember her sheer delight as she presented each one to us. You see, we didn't know what was in the packages, but mother did. And she couldn't wait to give the toys to us. I know now that the true joy was in the giving. I hope during this holiday season and in the new year that every one of us will experience the true joy of giving whatever we have to give. From our house to yours, I wish you a very merry, merry Christmas and a joy-filled, prosperous New Year. Bringing the New Year, Rubik's Groove at the Mule House in Columbia. Rubik's Groove is your premier outside-of-the-box 80s, 90s, and aughts tribute band. Featuring a high-energy, character-driven performance, you're not going to want to miss this one. Rock, pop, hip-hop, characters, costumes, and videos. For tickets and more information, go to themulehouse.com. That's themulehouse.com. See you on New Year's Eve. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. We were just talking during our timeout, Axie, that... um, and then we'll go to the phones. Look, we can only lay it out there for people as we lay it out. One thing we've never done on uh, on our signing day spectaculars is lie to folks. This is a really a pretty good class. It's full good of class. some full of some full of some difference makers. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not kind of what we thought. EXO uh, that it was going to be. X is a busy man with a great ringtone. Do you need to get that? No, I'm good. Um, Are you sure? Sure. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's just a little frustrating because um, I, I see so many, I, I don't know, I just think that the, this culture is so important to our head coach that it, and his uh, ability to have a certain environment around the program, that those things might, the comfort in those may be to his detriment in trying to get this program back to the top of the SEC. And the decision is, is everybody comfortable with going to the Citrus Bowl and every once in a while going to play in something, maybe the playoffs once ever five or six years or do you want to be try to get back to the levels that the program was back under coach former you know i think a lot of i I think a lot of the people that are contributing to the nil and everything uh 
are going to be uh, are not thinking that um, that the, that the the collectives not using their money to its maximum if they settle for being just you know okay. But here's the thing I'm going to say, okay, and I ain't here to defend. I am not here to defend the Spire guys, okay? Like they don't pay me a dollar. Do not blame them. Oh, I think the money's there. any. Yeah. The money is there. And, and if somebody just texted me, Tony, to the old heads out there, a little history lesson, okay? When you grab Nico, that was like signing back in the day, Manning and Brandon Stewart, okay? Which part of that class, it was an ice storm. I remember that. That visit, those guys visited yeah. during an ice storm in 94. They added that class. They went out and got number one wide receiver in the country, Marcus Nash, and they went out and got number one offensive tackle in the country out of Louisiana, Jarvis Rito, mm-hmm. who still lives here. What's up, Big J, who's a great guy? What's up, Blackstock? And the bottom line is, is that that is kind of, in my mind's eye, shame on me. What I envisioned and a lot of other people envisioned, and it didn't happen. It doesn't mean that your class is over. It doesn't mean you didn't get a good class. It doesn't mean you're not going to win football games. You are going to win football games. You are going to be pretty good. You're in a league where pretty good, I mean, let's just call this what it is, pretty good eventually gets you fired in this league. That's kind of how this works. I like this coach. I think he's a good person. I would like to see him. I I would like to see him make it. I'm for him, not against him. Uh, all those things. So, uh, you know, just trying to give the youngsters. See, we've seen the script here before. When you add the top flight quarterback. Um, those other pieces should follow. Now, granted, now granted, they had the Seton kid on the hook, and he did a goofy thing. He probably right? told them, and and they would be yeah. several spots higher if it wasn't for him, right? <laughs> I mean, so you know, they had him on. I mean, he probably told five or six teams he was signing. I'm coming. Him. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But they did again. They just can't get these uh, these elite prospects to the finish line. Yes. Um, I again, Rodney Gardner could a few years ago, and Martinez, I guess, to a lesser extent. But I mean, it it just it's got to wear on these coaches. And even t- and today more so, with the uh, the amount of social media and texting and DMing yes. and all that stuff that goes on, yep. and the money is all on the table now. And the number of seems to me there's a proliferation of people that around these elite prospects that have their hand out or are. Um, you know, uh, looking out for the kids' interests, for lack of a better term. Um, so it's just gotten way more complicated and time-consuming. And I don't think the um, um, 
I'm just not sure some of the guys that are, you know, two and three years into their coaching careers, let alone at the SEC level. Um, Is this staff good enough, guys, recruiting-wise? Actually, I'm just going to ask you straight up because I want to play in a playoff, man. I want to move the bar. This guy has gotten us off the floor, which, hey – Kudos to him. That's very hard. What they've, what he's been able to do. I respect the hell out of him, as a coach, as a sta- as a as a, uh, a guy that employs terrific strategy, and, and a tremendous football mind. I think he's a great person uh, behind the scenes toward people, which again uh, is a wonderful thing. Is that staff around him that he's not going to make one change? He's not going to make one change because that's who he is. Are they good enough? That's a hard question to answer without knowing their structure. For instance, I don't know who their the player personnel director is a really important yeah. part of this. I don't know how he works between the NIL right. and the staff. Um, I don't know how much latitude he gets yeah, or doesn't get. I mean, I don't know his background. Did he come from he Alabama? From, or, he's the uh, kid from North Carolina. Hi, Billy. Hi. Um, so, what about where does the the Brasky kid in or a gentleman come? Where does he fit in? Right. He came with Hopple from uh, Missouri, I believe. Right. right. I, I don't know what their backgrounds are. Are they have they do they have experience at a Georgia or a Alabama? Do they? I mean, everybody in those organizations is they recruit twenty four seven, or you don't you don't work there. I don't know if the people in their organization have been have recruited like that and brought that to Tennessee. To the phones we go, and then we'll get uh, and Sean X myself. Let's go to the phones at Signing Day Spectacular 2024. So the, the good news is there is good news for the Vols on this class. And, and the bad news is um, there's probably not enough good news for the Vols on this class. Hello and welcome in. Oh, my goodness, gentlemen. Y'all have got me. I seriously, I'm going to have to really go up there and take a b- b- uh, <laughs> blood pressure pill. These guys will do that I mean, to you. Really, I, I thought I had it, you know, kind of lined up my head, and I was at a pretty good place. Yeah. And I'm just, I've, now I feel like pinball wizard. These guys will scramble I your mean, brains, man. They really will. Oh, man. These, these two guys are like a night of, night of uh, hard <laughs> drinking, like really rock gut lips. Oh, my God, Tony. No wonder I see what you're talking about now. How in the world do you, it would, you would have to work pretty hard just to come out with a halfway positive attitude. Exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. And then they take, you're just relaying information a lot of times, you know, because you're hearing that. And so when you relay it, sometimes, I feel like sometimes you kind of get blamed for being the one that bringing the negativity well i mean here's the thing look in this class there are guys that have a lot of stars next to their name that aren't going to be able to play and there are guys that have a few (laughs) stars next to their name that are going to be able to play it happens all the time i i just when they signed when they got nico 
and spent the money on him, I got to the point where it came down to me that the belief was they're going to build this thing and they're going to put stars around him. And like Sean said, they've got, you know, and they're wide receiving core right now. they got okay, okay let players. Me ask you they have now, okay you players. help me understand it. Yeah. Did, well, did we already have Nico? Was he like our third string? Was he there when uh, we were in South Carolina when he and then got hurt? No, he was a we freshman. No, yet. he was a true freshman last year. But he was the top of the line guy, and he's been committed to Tennessee guys for how long? How long's Nico been committed? He en- he enrolled last year in December. I just wondered if he was already on the team. No, that he just, no. You know what? He's quiet. a freshman right now. But here's was he at that guy? No. Well, he was uh, he was between high school and arriving. Uh, he okay. was he well, was listen, already committed. I, I, he here's was, what yes. you, I'm going to tell you. Uh, what I have been weighing this like you, I'm going to tell you what I had to do, Tony. Because I've been knee-deep in this, like old school, new school, whatever. And I'm going to tell you, the part that where we've got into so much, trying to know so much ahead of time and predicting, I, I kind of see that kind of really come on with Madden. And it seems like, and especially, I'm just saying, that, you know, from a lady's view, so look, I could be completely wrong. But this is the difference I noticed. Everybody's got their, their controller. And you've got your fantasy team, and we've got, the, you know, and it, it's like trying to know Lord. and predict and, and, and this NIL thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we're on acid and something. I mean, it's absolute craziest thing I've ever seen. It is like, so now I mean, we're it down used to be to one game. It used to be really hard to follow, Peggy, and now it's impossible oh, to keep up with Lord, all this hey, stuff. It's I impossible. I've time to come out of my. Look, I'll tell you, the thing about football is for me, uh, back in 97, you know, I, when I had my my patent, uh, I kind of went through a trauma after that. And I mean, you know, from the list of things, you know, <laughs> I could lie about it now. Uh, that's another story for another time. But point being... Uh, to be a big Tennessee fan like that, like I was all that time. And then I remember, just to say, I remember, you know, when I finally started wanting to deal with stuff again and, and deal with things, I came out of it a little bit. And we was getting, we got beat by Kentucky. I, and when that would have happened, I think, was the first time we got beat by Kentucky when Bitch was there. Butchie boy, yeah. Peggy, I love you. You're oh. the great. You are. You happen to be the greatest, and I want some of that cherry pie that you made last week. I've been thinking about and dreaming about that cherry pie. My birthday's Saturday, so if you can get it here between now and then, uh, that'll be a beautiful thing. Uh, before we go back to the phones, and by the way, 865-200-5402 if you want to join. And if you follow this stuff, give us your thoughts on the class, what you think. Um, I'm going to throw a couple questions. Matt Dixon's given me six, okay? And I would like you guys to fill in the blanks here. Uh, these are questions from the panel from the great Matt Dixon, who I think we would all agree is a pretty astute individual, uh, if not anything else. Uh, Xy, are you with me on Matt Dixon being a pretty astute presence on here? 
I think I've told you before, I thought he was one of the uh, more talented uh, writers and thinkers in this area when it comes to you know, analysis of Tennessee wow, that's sports. Pretty, that's, yeah. some, that's some pretty make-your-head-swell-high praise uh, there for uh, Matt J. Matt J. asked the following. Question number one for the panel here. Which signees are the most ready to contribute in 2024 at their positions and not just on special teams, but ready-baked to contribute right now from the 20 that have been inked? Sean Sinclair, what jumps out at you? I'll start there with you. I would say Caleb Beasley. Uh, he's a, he's a high-skilled cornerback. I don't know if he's ready to start, but I think he could play. I think Boo Carter is the guy that you can not at not at DB right now, but I think as as a um, as a playmaker, I think he could find a role. Um, and we're just talking about the high school kids. Um, I'm not sure. I I'm not sure. I see another one out there. Uh, you know, you could. You know, we said before that they're not going to play. Um, they're not going to play freshman wide receiver. That's not really true because Squirrel, Squirrel White had a significant role as a true freshman. And Mike Matthews and uh, uh, the young man from South Carolina, they're of that kind of talent. So I, they can get there, but that's going to make a concentrated effort. Another thing about this, another thing about this uh, uh, wide receiver rotation, I think it's highly overblown with we only play three guys. Alabama doesn't play more than three guys. They play three. I mean, it's not like they're rolling in the twos. They, they do the exact same thing. We it's just more pronounced here because we don't we we don't sub any guys in. But uh, you never heard of the guys right now when it, just the guys step up and then they they all play and then the next year some other guys all play. So I think that's highly overrated uh, when it comes to Tennessee. Sean, I think it's an issue because I don't know how successful Tennessee's been able to overcome that. Um, when it's being used against them uh, by other teams who are recruiting the same level receivers we are. What receivers have we lost because of that? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to go back. Ryan, Ryan Wingo was never coming here. He'd never coming here. Um, I don't know. I mean, we locked in on Matthews, Staley, Wingo, the Terrell Anderson kid, who I think is going to sign with Georgia. And that was kind of our group of four or five this year. I'm trying to go back to to the days of Caleb Webb and Nimrod. I'm drawing a blank right now, but but uh, but, but I get the point. I'm not trying to debate you. I'm just yeah. saying that it, there, there's a narrative that it's just shut down. But we got our number one target at wide receiver last year in the portal. Uh, the Brazil kid looks like he's uh, you know it's favored to come in Tennessee. So if you read the the, the stuff right it's he's the, he's the number one guy in the portal uh they wanted brew mccoy they got brew mccoy so it, it, it doesn't seem to be the hurdle that everyone talks about uh from when i put paper to pen pen uh, to paper whatever xy your answer to uh which signees are most ready to contribute in the in 2024 at their positions and not just on special teams of the 20 that are on the line right now well, it's hard not to agree with Sean here. I think Matthews, um, to me for sure, is. I think uh, the other receiver, Braylon Staley, uh, 
could be. Uh, he's he's really improved a lot. If you've watched him from junior to senior year, uh, he's to me he's really improved. And it seems like when he goes and played uh, in the Shrine game, as Ron Callahan alluded to, he he excelled against uh, you know top competition. Um, you know from um, the Carolinas there for that All Star game. Um, I, you know, the offense, I think they signed a good class of offensive linemen. That's such a developmental position. But you would really hope they could get a couple of those guys in the rotation to at least get them snaps and some playing time simply because after next year, it's. You got to. You got to have them. Do you have a name on that offensive line? Does anybody well, I mean, stand out to you? Uh, I thought Bennett Warren was, you know, one of our better players. Uh, the Ginther kid, I believe, was the top prospect in Colorado for this, um, you know, signing cycle. Uh, he seems to be a little bit further along uh, in just technique. You know, both of them need time in a weight room, of course. But, um, yeah, um if I thought that Beasley would have an opportunity to, to get in a rotation, I would list him. But, you know, the track record is they don't play these elite-level cornerbacks except on special teams. So my answers somewhat align with Sean's. Okay. Let's uh, go back to our phones, and then we'll go through. Matt's got six questions, all astute. Let's go back to our phones to get our next call in. Signing day spectacular. We're about an hour or so away from Josh Heupel meeting the depressed. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tom. Hey, welcome in, Mark. Uh, um, got a couple questions. Sure. My first, what about this Dominic McKinley cat that they're talking about is going to take a visit in mid-January? Here I am saying I didn't care about recruiting, and, of course, today I'm all caring about recruiting. Well, hey, he's a, he's a top-flight top flight player. Um, either of you guys have an opinion on McKinley? It's been a lot here the past couple of days about him talking with uh, uh, Texas and LSU. So I, I think um, I think with the with the right money, I think Texas could wrap that up. Okay, um, I just want to add some context to what we talked about yesterday. Just like you, Tony, I'm not closing the chat closing the book on this guy's tenure here by any stretch of the imagination. He's done really good things here, really good. And you're talking to somebody who famously said during that whole thing in 2020 the program's dead i mean it's been impressive what he's accomplished here. absolutely no doubt yes no I agree doubt. totally agree 100 percent. and like you recruiting does doesn't it's not really you know firing me up like it used to because i'm at the point where i just show me the roster is in august and you yep. better go win with it yep. like your record's going to be your record mm-hmm. but after this year's Florida game and the way they lost at Missouri, he's just going to run this staff back again? No changes? Like, nobody rolls? Sean, that's a, that's that? a re- and that's, Sean, that's one of your kind of red flags, isn't it? That that whole thing? The whole concept of well, running that staff back? Well, my, my problem is that you got pulled, the, the defensive, the whole defensive uh, locker room got their pants pulled down against South Carolina last year, had no... I, I, I get the the potential of Jeremy Banks thing and all that, 
but they had no answer to a pedestrian offense with a quarterback that hadn't done it before. They go down to Florida. Okay, it didn't go our way. They had no answer for a journeyman quarterback in Mertz and a offense that was, I mean, even there, they couldn't even sell the place out because no one had any interest. Right. Then you go to Missouri and I'll give it to them. They were, they were the Tennessee of this year, uh, with the, with the hotshot quarterback, et cetera. But there was no answer. There was absolutely no answer on defense. They kept doing the same thing. That really got me concerned. I, I can, I can excuse the fact that, you know, we have a stinker every now and then. But what I can't excuse is the fact that your defense did not do anything different. You didn't try any new personnel. You didn't try a new scheme. You just kept doing the same thing and just kept getting whipped and whipped and whipped. I agree. And when I look at this thing next year, because I've gone over the Missouri and Ole Miss schedules, I look at Tennessee's schedule. Oh. Yeah, you got Georgia Bama. You might be a dog at Oklahoma, but other than that, you're favorite every game. I agree. There's no Ole Miss. On, there's no Ole Miss on the schedule. There's no Texas. There's no LSU. There's no Missouri. There's no A and M. There's no Auburn. Yep. Like it's right there for you. And I, looking at this class, I don't think it's you know it's not you know the bottom completely fell out. I think they've no, it's good. Met, you know, they've met some needs. Yeah. And this guy has more than proven that he doesn't need elite personnel to have a great team. He doesn't. That's one of the things I like about him. He can coach it up. Because that, you know, but I just wanted them to really go for it when you've got this supposed generational quarterback coming in here. I don't want Nico to be throwing the ball to Squirrel White and a kid named Nimrod. That can't happen. Cannot happen. No offense to those kids. Well, look, I, I mean, I can't watch that. No I, offense to those well, kids. Well, I, I will say those this, guys. I will players. say this. If you take a look at, and I, look at Mark, I, I am 100% just shaking my head yes to everything you're saying. Now, if we take a look on the other side, I do think this guy is a generational quarterback. You have, you have set the offensive line. Are they great? No, but they're very good. Uh, they, I mean, they led the, I think they led the SEC in rushing, et cetera. Uh, you know, I think that Wright was a, a good tailback that ran very hard once he committed. I think you can find similar there. But what I'm looking at is if they take the next step, huge if, but you've got a potential of a, a emerging Thornton. You've got an established product in, um, in Brew McCoy. You've got an established product in Squirrel White. I'm not saying dominant autumn. Uh, Bolitnikov winners, and then if you bring in the Brazil, you got that. You got you got arguably the most talented tight end that's been over there since Jason Witten, and you got some other, and then you got some guys in the in the backfield that are good. So it you know they have to get better, but the pieces are there. Uh, but I, I and I don't think what Mark is saying should be construed as negative. I, that's that's like being told by the weatherman it's raining outside. I don't understand that that line of thought that what we're saying is negative. You're just pointing out observations and hoping that this coach uh, can evolve because I think he's doing a great job. Man, there's not many guys that could have gotten that thing off the deck the way they did in short no. order. And and I, I just, Mark, I hate to say this out loud. Well, I said it a couple of days ago, and I didn't want to say it, but 
this is just not in my mind's eye what I thought they were going to do in this. In this, um, they've got the money. Look, they have a kid that turned down a two point three million dollar offer. We all know that they. They've got money to go get a couple of bang-up receivers to pull with this guy. What are we doing, Mark? I mean, that's, that's a couple of linebackers. Or a couple of bang-up linebackers. you got money now. I like. I don't think you build an offensive line to the portal. I think you could build every other position group to the portal. I don't think you build an offensive line. Well, this, he was not a portal kid. Back. I'm talking about the Seton kid who no, turned I'm just that talking money about in down. General, yeah. In general, yeah. in general, I'm happy they paid to bring the kids back because mm-hmm. I think continuity in the offensive line smart. You can't build that through the portal. Smart, it's yes, smart. smart, yes. But, yeah, those kids that they have out there playing linebacker and playing DB are not SEC players. God bless America. They're not. you got to go get some kids. And, you know, I bring them up. Lane Kiffin saw a need when they went down and played Georgia. Said we can't, we're not even close to those guys up front, and went out and filled the need. Yes, he did immediately. Yes, he did. And, and whether it works or not, why. who knows? But I give those, I give those people, the, I give those guys an A for effort. Whether or not it works, it's probably not going to work because generally in sports, it's hard to buy things. You can plug holes. If anybody's going to be able to do it, it's that guy because he looks to be. Like a guy, Xer, that's kind of built for this time period that we're in. Speaking of Lane let, Kiffin. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question, Tony. Yeah, go ahead. And, I, and I'll get off the air. Yeah, 2017 fine. coaching search. Yeah. I remember you saying, I remember this. You said, Lane has made has contacted people in Tennessee, said he'd really be willing to come here for, at a discount rate because he wants to come back and make, make it right. Yes. If we if we'd have hired him like I wanted to, yes. like a lot of people did, yes, we would. Well, we have already made a playoff appearance by now. Yes. So people can hate on me all they want. Tell me, oh, you love Kiffin. Oh, the guy won ten. I mean, the guy won ten it games. It was fourteen years ago. Get over your hurt feelings. Stop I, it. Well, I think. I, I, hang on. I, I think. I think you have to take in context also that. Yeah. And I and I know this is a little bit off putting. Right. But if if you believe what he's saying now, he's sober for a year or a year and a half or whatever. Uh-huh. He was a totally different guy back then. He was Line he was belly. an absolute guy. He was an absolute loose cannon. Wild man who had who had right. unfortunately run roughshod over the administration. Had burned every he bridge he could have. Yep. And so and you had money people that weren't going to pay for it. Was he a great coach? Yes. Is yeah. he a great coach? Admit you have to say yes. Yes. But you have to you have to put a little context in there as well, and, Mark. And not only that, not only that, but when you talk about Kiffin and you talk about this era and you talk about you're in an era of social media. I wonder if Tennessee like I got a question here for you guys from somebody, friend of mine listening to us. Do, do you think that Hypel and those guys ought to come up with some kind of different branding strategy? that separates themselves in the age of the NILX to appeal to these kids. You know, we do all this stuff. It just seems like when when I hear somebody say they offered kids more money and they went elsewhere, that tells me that internally I'm not connecting with somebody. What do you think? It's what I, I, I wrote. It, it's, there's something wrong with their their structure inside i don't know what it is i'm not privy to a lot of that but it could be their social media strategy it could be the gr- part of it's related to the content uh that 
you know, I followed UT football account and everything. They do a fantastic job. Are we connecting it with kids, yeah. though, right? That's, that's the thing. And yeah. these kids are different than kids were a couple years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just the technology and kids are changing changing so much. You hope they've got college-level kids in that yeah. office over there that are saying, hey, do this, do that, use this top of you know these terms this yes. is what connects with kids yes you hope they're doing that i assume that they are but there's something i mean tennessee's um, there's opportunities here to play you play in front of a passionate fan base your own tv mm-hmm. uh, facilities you know top of the line good culture seem you know everything's here there's something that at least for the last, you know, this timeline of the last four months, a little snapshot here is yeah. is just not is is a little off, and I don't know what that is. It's uh, interesting. So the great Rodney Woods is listening to me right now, and Rodney is a Hall of Fame coach. He's listening to the show, and Rodney always great to uh, communicate with you. He he said, Tony, I, I took a really important lesson from Ray Mears when I played for him back in the day, which is this. And also Johnny Majors. And basically those guys live by the adage that you don't have a pecking order. I'm going to play my best players. And if a guy's a freshman, he is going to – if he walks on my campus in August and he's my best player at a position, he's going to walk out there and play. He's going to learn. Not now. Sean, if I could change one thing about Josh Heupel, it's his whole concept of the way he's comfortable. Uh, the the way they seek comfort, it's that's all. I'm not an advice giver. That thing they did with that secondary last year was just abhorrent. They had zero well, what chance. It, what it looks like to me, and from other people, is that he is he is handing over the defense to a group of people that he trusts, and he and he's saying that well, you know what, I'm going to. Out, that, that, let's get real. That's what it was. Let's out. I will outscore the other team. I need you to keep it keep it reasonable over on that side. Which, if you take a look at it, we have a big problem with the defense this year. But they really were weren't much different than the year before. The difference is that the offense didn't pull their weight and outscore the, these teams. So Tim Banks gets a lot of gets a lot of crap. Martinez gets a lot of crap, and, and and I think some of it's due, but the offense didn't do their part, and so and you're not going. I mean, this is this is Big Twelve football, man. This is this is this is why the Big Twelve never won a championship. You can't do that. Back to the phones we go eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Let's get our uh, next call in. Hello and welcome. You're on our signing day, Extacular. Hey guys, this is Andre. Hey Andre, welcome um, in. Um, I was, I'm waiting for the celebration part. Um, y'all keep talking about Lane Kiffin. This dude, I see here when he played Bama and went for it on fourth down from his own 19 yard line, and y'all talking about he gonna make it to the playoffs. I, I mean, I understand y'all. You know. I'm not saying he's making the playoffs. That's Martin. Klamer. I never said that. I'm saying he's a. I'm saying he's a nice uh, coach to have in an era like this, where you know the flashy and the shiny appeal to the kids, 
And I'm with Sean. Look, the the Lane Kiffin that was here was a good was the right hire at the wrong time. He was a 32 year old kid who was completely out of control. I don't worship him the way Martin Columbus does. You're you're, 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 you're mixing your metaphors there. Yeah, that's right. He didn't appreciate it. That's right. He left us, bruh. That's right. Literally, if y'all if y'all want to try to you know circumvent him, he's the reason why we going went through all this stuff. That's right. Couple years. That's right. Um, our recruiting class. I'm really you know I like the receivers. Mike Matthews and Staley are really uh, I think they're going to be explosive. Um, I'm I'm, I don't know. Y'all might be a little hard on Nimrod. He you know got in the game. He was shaky at first, but by the end he was making plays. Thornton. Shaky at first, but by the end he was making plays. He went out on a, on a you know making the touchdown grab. So you know you got to give credit somewhere. You I understand you want to bash him when he does wrong, but you also got to give. No, him no, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. He, oh, I haven't bashed a player yet. Yeah, we're not That's bashing not him. No, we're not bashing him. Come on, Andre. We're, we're basically the point <laughs> I, about I, the point on Nimrod is is that when I envision guys that I'm going to put around that quarterback that we have right now. Yeah. I envision better wide receivers than him. That's all. I'm not knocking him. They did. They 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 signed some. He he I he I he I. Look at Chaz. If we're objective, what you have with Chaz Nimrod is you have a light guy. Yeah. Who has a hard time making fifty-fifty catches? He should have caught that ball at the end of the year. That's right. He got pushed away. That's right. And didn't get the interference call. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that didn't finish routes, uh, and so the ball was was he was not where the ball should have been. Uh, and, and I don't have a problem with him. The problem I have is he's going into his third season and he's still, he's not ready to be a number one guy. But we're not ripping him. I, I mean, mean, he's a nice college football I mean, he, player. He's he, he going to get better. Hey, hey, hey. We said all the things. You guys working today? Diet, then you what to time? Cost, so people get better. The world. Um, uh, I, I want to talk about some of the other guys. Uh, what do you know about this tight end that we signed out of California uh, early this morning? Uh, X, your thoughts on our. Addition at tight end. Uh, he he looks like he is it right now in terms of build. He's a uh, he's a skinny wide receiver who's playing. Hang on a second here. I keep turning. Go ahead. All right. He's a wide receiver who played tight end for his uh, high school team. He I think he's maybe two hundred fifteen pounds, but he's really really thin. He played uh-huh. in an offense that though that threw the ball and ran a fairly sophisticated offense, and he's a down the field guy. Uh, right. He's not going to play here until he puts on, uh, you know, it looks like to me twenty or thirty pounds. Um, you know, he's with that size. You wonder if they could use him at some point. A couple of years as just throw the ball up in the back of the end zone, let him go get it. We haven't had one of those kind of guys. That's nice. In, in a while. That's nice. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, he's a, you know, he doesn't have a great offer list. He just popped on the radar uh, late. It, you know, it's one of those situations we talked about earlier. Tennessee was left uh, with no backups when Eccles decided to decommit and go to. Um, um, to South Florida, South Florida. Paul Golish there. And then we getting were, the teacher. Then they scrambled around and they kind of uh, were half in and half out on the kid from Kentucky mm-hmm. who visited. Turned his car back around, right? Turned his no, car. no. This was a oh, high school kid. That's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Rodriguez yeah. kid. Yeah, they kind yes. of 
you know, they kind of couldn't decide, and it, they did it the last minute, and he stayed with Kentucky. And no, well, good for him. This kid, this was the best offer he had, uh, and you know, they knocked it out of the park on an official visit, which you'd expect them to do. So he's he's going to take some work, but I mean, he's got a pretty good skill set to work with. Good to hear. All right, right, and uh, you know uh, that's the thing about recruiting. You don't. Uh, I think that's the thing between the transfer portal and re- recruiting. Um, when you get a recruit, you're you're you have to build them up. You know, you say you got to build twenty pounds, but I'm sure he's going to gain that by the time by this time next year. Uh, but the thing about the twenty pounds is going to learn how to use that twenty pounds and learn how to because uh, I'm sure he's light. You know, he's been light, but that's going to be the the, the problem. You know? If he lived in my um, house, he would. Right, <laughs> a lot of meatballs, huh, Tony? Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> Um, and this the Jake Merlinger guy, you know, we always talking about quarterback. Um, yep. How do you feel like he ranks against, you know, the rest of the quarterbacks that are signing this year? What about this Merlinger guy and how he fits into their offense, actually? Give me your thoughts there. I, actually, um, he he's one of the better signees in this class, in my opinion. He's, uh, right. he's a top 30 player in the state of Georgia. Um, you know, Clemson really wanted him. Um, you know, Georgia had the Rayola guy, five star. Uh, they didn't. Um, you know, they they recruited him, but it was clear that Rayola was their their number one guy. Um, but he had a. Um, he's really interesting. Um, through his high school career, what I remember is he threw only two or three interceptions. Um, right, his right. entire career um, got good touch. He. I don't want to say he – I don't mean it as he's a game manager, but when I watched him play, he really looked like he understood their offense and he commanded the offense. Uh, he looked in control um, most of the time. Uh, I think he – given that we have Nico, who's clearly going to be your starter next year, to get a caliber kid to come in and sit for a year and maybe play some – Backup time. I thought that was a really good uh, signee by Tennessee. Thank you, Andre. You're my man, brother. All right, y'all have a good one. Nothing but love here. Nothing but love. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. If you want to hunt and mix with us, line available. TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime coming up. Josh Heupel coming up during that. He's meeting the depressed. Uh, we have to step away for one moment, pay a few bills. When we continue, Matt Dixon is wondering which signees in this class have the highest upside. And then if Cinco and Exy have a favorite under-the-radar signee. And then which signee ranking do you differ with the recruiting services most on? And then he's asking about Mike Matthews. We're going to get into all that. We are going to get into all that. But first this, and then we'll come back and get some more calls in. It is the signing day spectacular on this Wednesday. More after this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry, your festive gift destination this Christmas. Unwrap the magic with our natural diamond earrings starting at an incredible $99. Yes, you heard it right, $99. Picture the joy of discovering these stunning gems in your stocking, but there's more. Explore our brand new diamond pendants and dazzling stack rings at fantastic prices. Make this season unforgettable with Tillis Jewelry. Come see us on the Columbia Square, where the gift is wrapped with elegance. Tillis Jewelry, making your Christmas sparkle brighter. Happy Holidays! Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shear-X dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Need a little extra cash for the holidays? From now until Christmas, Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical is giving you a $500 Visa gift card when you buy select new HVAC systems or receive a $250 gift card with a new tankless water heater. And upgrade now with monthly payments as low as $79. Visit happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Call the happy face truck today. In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Get ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Cato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state. Along with a variety of Kratom, Kava, and Glass products, check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. Join Center of Hope for the annual New Year's Eve Mule Drop in downtown Columbia. It all starts at 8 p.m. with the amazing Emerald Empire Band. Food trucks, a beer garden, axe throwing, and a cigar lounge will all be there. Hourly countdowns and toasts will lead up to the Mule Drop at midnight. The Mule Drop is free and family-friendly. Presented by Center of Hope. Sponsored by Experience Murray and Baxter Management. No live mules will be used at this event. 
This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tona B. back with you, 865-200-5402, the number. If you want to get in the hunt and in the mix with us, on the one, the only, we are about out of time to the radio listener, and I want to say to you that I love you and I appreciate you, and I'm for you, not against you. And uh, we're going to kick it over here at uh, tclub.team is where you can find us. Check out X's work today on the blog. Tomorrow we'll have some thoughts up as well, uh, as we do each and every day. About 4,000 words up there today. But, you know, other than that, not a lot going on. But I want to thank the radio listener for being with us. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. We'll stay here and kick it over at tclub.team. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your signing day and peace. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.